Leading Britain's Conversation. This is a podcast from LBC. James O'Brien. We are somewhat relieved to immerse ourselves into mystery hour. I, I forgot to tell you what the question was that I was going to ask this week until I realized it was a bit too complicated and it got answered by an article in The Scotsman yesterday. The, I was wondering whether the heat waves could damage our houses. I know that sounds a bit odd, but my house is really cool when you come in on a hot day because of the way it's built and the way it faces. The, the hallway is, is really nice when you get, when you get home on, on a really hot day. And I opened the door on, on Tuesday or Wednesday and, and it, was, it was like a sauna. And I thought, oh, I wonder if that... And then I found myself wondering, does having a bit of damp, does that help in this weather? Because it, it kind of... So I'd had all these weird thoughts about whether or not the hot weather affects our house our homes, the, the actual infrastructure, and it, it turns out it does. I'll, I'll retweet that article from The Scotsman for you, if I haven't already, later today. But anyway, park that. Time for this. And this is your weekly opportunity to get the sort of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial. The way it works is simple. You have a question bubbling away in the back of your brain somewhere, and somebody listening to this programme will be able to answer it. That is the bottom line. There are a couple of conventions and rules, which you'd loosely describe as, as being discouraging of dullness. So if your question's quite boring, you won't realise that, obviously. You're not going to ring in with a question that you know is boring, but if we think it's boring, we may politely invite you to move along. And the other one is repetition, which is my job, because um, it's up to me to remember whether we've done things before or not. The possibility is that you can go to lbc.co.uk and have a look at the archive but you i mean look leave it with me if you hear somebody else ask a question to which you know the answer this is the only proper rule of mystery you're not allowed to look anything up this is a celebration of knowledge illumination education whatever it may be that's the bottom line so it doesn't matter how you know what you know i'll ask what your qualifications are and you could say i have i have eight phds james um uh, and a master's or you could say i saw it on telly last night it doesn't matter. Well, it just needs to be true. It needs to be a convincing qualification uh, and a plausible one, and then, then it counts. But, so it doesn't need to be academic. It could be Bagger Gymnastics Award 4 or your cycling proficiency test at Stourport Police Station in 1986. Although that would be a remarkable coincidence, seeing as I was there as well. That's, that's it. That's the only rule. You're not allowed to look stuff up on the Internet or look stuff up in um, uh, encyclopedia or, or, or whatever it may be. Um, I think that's it, really, isn't it? I, I tr try to keep a vague record of the questions that we're wrestling with. I'll give you an occasional reminder of them. It's silly busy. I used to say it's the busiest hour of the week, but the way things have gone in the last couple of years, it, I, I kind of can't remember what it's like not to have a groaning switchboard anymore. So if you hear me say the number, it means that there are a, a couple of phone lines free. Okay, genuinely, that's that's the best way to play it. 0345 Seven three. Start with Dan, who's in Stansted. Dan, question or answer? That's uh, question, James. Carry on, mate. When does a heatwave become like a normal summer season? What do you mean? So when do we stop calling it a heatwave and just call it yeah. summer? Well, it'll be yeah. about averages, won't it? I guess. I don't know. Well, it will be, but we need <laughs> to know what the averages are. So if the average temperature for a for a season is much much higher one year than it is. On average, yeah. then yeah. it becomes a heat wave. But if it, if the average goes up, so if it happens for five years in a row, I don't know, mate. Why am I trying to answer this question? <laughs> it wasn't even sounding good. Sometimes when I go off on one, it can start sounding all clever and stuff. But that was just embarrassing. <laughs> I shall find. Yeah, well, 
all of July has been above 26 or 25. So is yeah, but you need to compare it to all the previous Julys. That's what makes yeah. it a heat wave. And if, 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 this, if, if, if this is now the new normal, when does it stop being a heat wave? How many Julys do we have to have that are this hot before we stop calling it another heat wave and just say it's another it summer? It's a great question. I, I hope it's got an answer. You have to presume it does. But whether I don't know whether or not heat wave is a technical term, you see. Mm, everyone's using it. So. They are. Everyone's doing it. Um, we'll find out for you, Dan. I like it. Uh, what do you do for a living, Dan? Have you got Have you got a job that's particularly difficult at the moment in the hot weather? Uh, in the sun at the airport. That's not nice, is it? <laughs> no. What would be the worst job? I know Rachel's been out today trying to work out what the worst job is. I would go with putting in loft insulation. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not a good one either. I, I can't think of anything worse. I mean, being outdoors is tough enough at the airport and what have you. It partly depends what you're wearing. But I think putting in loft insulation would be pretty close to hell on a day like today. Eight minutes after 12 is the time. John is in Harrow. John, question or answer? I have a question, James. Carry on, John. Um, it's eye bags. Well, why, why does it say, It sounds like you're down a well, John. What are you doing? Let me switch the air conditioning off. I know, I know it's hot. But I, well, what difference would the air conditioning make? Because I'm on a coach. and, and uh, You're on a coach? Yeah, I'm the coach driver. So. You're, 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 it sounds awful. I mean, am, I, am I on hands-free at the moment? No, I'm not driving. I'm parked up. I know you, I know. But it's just, it's a terrible phone line. What are you doing? Are you on a job? Are you taking people to the seaside? What are you up to, John? I'm actually cleaning the coach. You're cleaning? Is it your own coach? No, no, no. I work for a company, but we're, we're all required to wash the, and clean the coach by hand. So. Good grief. So you've got, you got your radio on, and you've taken a moment out of your coach cleaning duties to ask me what causes bags under the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know this, don't we? It's, it's, it's well, I mean, it's technically, it's, it's age, but I mean, what? Oh, well, what's, oh, hang on. What sort of bags are you talking about? The, the bags under the eyes. No, but not, because some bags come and go. You mean permanent bags? Yeah. Not yeah. temporary bags? Well, temporary bags then, yeah. Because well, which? Because it's not age. There's obviously something in the skin that, that causes your, your bags to go under Well, tiredness. Eyes. Tiredness and, and dehydration can cause bags under your eyes, but they're not age-based bags. They're, they're booze-based bags or, or, or tiredness-based bags. But, but what is the constant, the, the, the ingredient? What, what's okay, the, well, uh, we'll find out. I think we've done that in the past, and I've forgotten the answer, but I, 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 I didn't, yeah. But, but it's not going to be age, because they're permanent bags. Yeah, yeah. Th- these are the bags you could well, are you worried are you thinking of having some work done john <laughs> if the numbers come in yeah. oh, if the numbers come in straight down the surgery 10 minutes after 12 is the time back to your coach anthony's in norwich anthony question or answer hello james yeah it's a, a question i'd like to know why different species of birds don't interbreed you know like blackbirds and rooks or all the different finches they all seem to same. They all stay to their own, so to speak. Well, what? Yeah, I mean, is it a mystery? Pardon? Is it a mystery? Well, it is to me. It's a mystery. You know, it's not. It's some. But what what are we? What are we comparing them to? Because we know that dogs will. I mean, dogs are dogs. Right, cats and cats. Other animals do. Can get cat. There is such thing as a liger, as I'm sure you know, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, this never seems to happen in the birds. 
Possibly. It doesn't, does it? I mean, I'm just, do you know what? I'm just trying to work out whether this is a dopey question or a brilliant one. I think it's possibly a brilliant one, but occasionally I call it wrong and something I think is brilliant turns out to be dopey and something I think is dopey turns out to be brilliant. Yeah. So, and we're a hundred, I mean, they don't do that. Are you sure they don't breed? No, well, well, then you'd see I'm a kind of, sure cra- I, uh, you'd I see a craven flying around the place, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or a crook. Even, even sort of doves and pigeons, they don't interbreed, do they? I'd call them digins. Yeah. No. Why not? That's a great question. What's an amazing question? Why, why have you been... Do you keep birds? No, I don't. I, I have them in, they come into the garden. I love watching them, you know? Yeah. But, um, I've often wondered, you know... Why, why, do, why doesn't a robin breed, 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 breed with a sparrow? Exactly. Yeah. Have a spobbin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could do this all day, Anthony, so I should probably, I should probably bid you farewell at this point. <laughs> Thank you for the... Why don't birds breed with different... It's not even species. Well, anyway, you understand the question. What a cracking question. Bags under the eyes. What's the definition of a heat wave? When does it, I mean, if we have several heat waves in a row, when does it just become summer? Uh, how, how does it have to be, how hot does it have to be to be a heat wave? And how, how rare does it have to be to be a heat wave? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Tom's in Leeds. Tom, question or answer? It's a question, James. Carry on, Tom. Why is it that the UK rails are always buckling in heat where countries that are much hotter don't? Is that true? Do our, do our things buckle in heat? Well, apparently, according to Network White Rail, whenever you're on the train, it's, um, the rails can't handle it. Really? I mean, I'm not being sceptical. I'm being ignorant. I just, I, I, I travel quite a lot by train. I think I've heard that, but it's a commonplace thing, is it? They, they say the rails are, yeah. are bending and... It, I've, I've had it a couple of times. Okay, but I presume it's got something to do with how the, how the rails are installed. So why don't we make it so that they don't? Because because it's never it was never supposed to be this hot when they yeah. were when they when the rails were laid. But surely, while they're laying the new infrastructure, they would. Figure ah, well, then you don't know for sure that the new infrastructure is susceptible to the to the bending and the warping that you describe as the old infrastructure. But someone someone listening will know. I just it would be astonishing if they weren't doing now, mm. putting but, in place the. I can't imagine that they don't replace the rails quite often, so I thought it's still to be happening, and we've had quite a prolonged period of hot weather. That's a very good point. And surely it shouldn't still be happening. That's a very good point. Okay, yeah, you're on. I mean, and, and, and it doesn't happen in countries that are routinely much, much hotter than this one. Well, we don't hear about it. Um, like the Chinese currently building a rail line across Africa. Surely if rail... Brooklyn, it's going to be a problem. And why would they be building a rail line yeah, in Africa? I don't know. We'll find out. I like that. 12.14, just coming out to 12.15. Thank you very much, Tom. So we've got the railway question. Why do we... How can our railways buckle in the heat, um, given that this country isn't anywhere near as hot as lots of other countries where presumably the railways don't buckle in the heat? Because if they did buckle in the heat, they'd be permanently buckled. Why don't birds breed with other birds, like finches and, 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 and sparrows or, or crows and ravens, rooks? That's a really good question, isn't it? I mean, you can't ring in and say just they don't fancy each other. I want to buy a logical explanation what causes bags under our eyes and when when or how does a heat wave cease to be a heat wave in in other words if it's this hot for the next 10 summers at what point does it just become summer as opposed to a heat wave you're listening to a podcast of james o'brien from lbc you are listening to Mystery Hour on LBC, where we are looking at why railways buckle in the heat here, but presumably don't in hotter countries, why birds like finches don't breed with canaries, uh, and, you know, any combination you like. I'd never thought of that before. Presumably there must have been some sort of interbreeding in the past, otherwise there wouldn't be so many different kinds of birds. 
or, or am I being thick? That's not a mystery hour question. You can't ring in and say, yes, James, you're being thick and get a round of applause. What causes bags under our eyes? And when does a heat wave cease to be a heat wave because it's become normal? Uh, Stuart is in Canterbury. Stuart, question or answer? Answer, James. Carry on, Stuart. It's in, in answer to the question about why the heat, why the rails don't buckle yes. in hot countries. It's basically all to do with uh, the expansion of metal, and it's very simple, really. In the hotter countries, they have a wider gap between each rail that's put in, because you know, you know they're laid on sleepers. That's what I said. And as the metal expands, expand into each other. Yes. In the colder countries, the gap's a lot narrower than it is on um, warmer countries. Yeah, there and you that, go. that is it. So as we are getting hotter on average, we should presumably start putting in bigger gaps. Apparently so, yes. What are your qualifications? My father was a metallurgist. Ah, so our problem is caused by the way the rails are laid. Absolutely, yeah. But if, if we, we went the other way and had too big a gap, in the, we'd have the opposite problem in the winter when the metal contracts. You could fall through it. So yeah, that'd be massive so to, speak. to fall through it. You, you know, is yeah, it the same it. on a road? Because uh, I, I always notice on the M4, just going past the GlaxoSmithKline building as you come into London, there, there's a kind of flyover above yeah. Brentford, and it's got it's got metal teeth in the middle of the road. Is that the same thing? Very likely, yeah. If it's on the flyover itself, it's for, for the expansion of the tarmac in the heat, yeah. yes, to close that gap. It'd be, so it'd be tiny, but enough that if it wasn't there, it could cause problems. To, to, yeah, if you went over there today, you'd probably be able to just about man, maybe get a couple of cigarette papers between the two. Yeah. But in, in winter, when it's when you're the beast from the east and all that, you probably have a half decent gap. Probably, well, I don't know. Oh, for complete, do you know what, mate? That was all, that, that was one of the things I've thought about. Oh, I must ask that on Mystery Hour, and then I've forgotten. And then because you've answered the question about railways so well, I've managed to bring in my supplementary question about roads, and everyone's a winner. I'm not sure about your qualifications. My dad was a metallurgist. My dad was a journalist. Doesn't mean I'm any good at journalism, as regular listeners will attest. Well, I don't want to say anything about that. But no, mate, no. Yeah, <laughs> but you've, got, you've done enough to get a round of applause. Thank you, mate. Oh, you're very welcome. Tara is in Lightwater. Tara, question or answer? Uh, it's a question. Carry on. Uh, it's why I've noticed sometimes flies fly around in a circle in an area, like in the kitchen, and they're just round around. Oh, what? we lost the line. We'll get Tara back imminently. Uh, 20 minutes after 12 is the time if you want to get through. Actually, I mean, you can probably grab the last fellow's line if you're quick. Peter's in Dulwich. Peter, question or answer? A question to you. Carry on, Peter. Right. In the 1920s and 30s, cartoonists in children's comics and newspapers always portrayed spacemen wearing oxygen tanks and helmets and spacesuits. Yes. We didn't go to space in 1961. How did they know that we couldn't survive outside our atmosphere? Do you not think that they probably worked on scuba diving <laughs> models? No, I mean that. That was a very yeah. charming well, chuckle, but I, I, I would have thought they were trying to think, well, it, it, it's a different atmosphere. All they could think of was water as being a different atmosphere with which they were familiar, so they decided to make spacemen look like scuba divers. Well, it's an excellent theory. Thank it's you. a possession, isn't it? It is absolutely a speculation. It's something we can't really prove, I suppose. But mm, I don't know. There's, a, there's an allusion to it, allusion to it, in um, Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future film, when the, the, the kid is reading a comic book and the 
I mean, who knew what spaceships would look like before we went to space? Rockets, presumably, there's an aerodynamic explanation for rockets that, that could have been predicted. But I, I shall try. I mean, I'm taking your word for it about the 1920s and 30s cartoons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't even Dan Dare and the Eagle. That was prior to the space launch, you know, and he always had the space suits. And did, the did he? Oxygen. Oh, yes, yes. Are you sure? I'm pretty darn certain. Yeah, I got the first ever edition of the Eagle. You got the fir- <laughs> How much is that worth? Oh, I don't know. I haven't got it now, oh, so, I but I got it at the time. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair. Well, you should have hung on to it, mate. Uh, it'd be worth a fortune now. It would uh, be indeed. I, right, we shall do our best to find out. But, uh, but as you say, it may well be that, that we can only ever get a theory, however good the theory may be. Thank you, Peter. Spacesuits. How did they know that astronauts would need air tanks before they actually went to space? It's a lovely question. Eh? Tara is in Lightwater. We'll give her another go. Tara, where were we? Hello, I'm sorry. Um, I've noticed that flies circle round in a room, and I I just wonder why they do that. They just seem to fly around. It's not even under a light shade where I've noticed it recently, and I just wondered if there might be... Phototoxis. Oh. Don't pretend you know what that means. (laughs) Is it toxis or taxis? It's phototaxis or photo. It's from the Greek. It just means attracted to light. They're attracted to light. But it's not in. It's not when the lights are on. It's in the day. What? Mm. Oh well, then it's because of the. It's because of their sonar. It's because the centre of the room is the furthest from all the walls, so they're less likely to fly into something by accident if they stay nice and central and just describe a fairly small circle. Mm, that makes perfect sense, actually. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> they, are, they may seem to go to windows normally. Yeah, that's phototaxis. You see, they're being attracted to the light. Oh, this is good. But why not back to the centre of the room? Because the light's not on. So they have a tension, a fly's life. A a fly's life is a philosophical and psychological tension between phototaxis and wall avoidance. Okie dokie. I'm making this up. (laughs) It's very convincing. It is very, that's my my career right there. (laughs) I'll leave it on the list, but I know phototoxis or taxis is a word, but the um, but the light fittings is harder to explain. If they're not on, why are they drawn? Still drawn to the? And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but they can plant. They can. I once undid a, a light fitting, and it was full of full of fly. I mean, the flies yeah, had lived in it. Dead ones. Yeah. Mm. What's that about? I have no idea. Nor do I. Right, flies for Tara. Thank you, Tara. Twenty-four minutes after twelve, flies and lights. What have you got? Uh, Neve is in Manchester. Neve, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Um, it's the birds species not breeding thing. Oh, yeah. uh, dogs are the same species. So the definition of a species is an animal that can procreate and produce fertile offspring. So dogs are the same species. So your Pekingese, your Labrador, all of them are the one species. Oh. Whereas with birds, they're a different species. So an eagle is a different species to a starling, to various different birds. Qualifications? So um, I used to be a biology teacher. That's a brilliant answer. Yeah, and the other thing about it is... Would I, you while do, you're here, while you're here, yeah. biology teacher, would I be right in thinking that flies don't have sonar? I don't think flies have sonar. I'm not... No, uh, I think I... I, think I, 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 I but still, I, I, I just want to cover my um, deliberate misleading in the last answer by pointing out <laughs> that it was... it was. That's a beautiful answer. I mean, you can see why people ask the question, because you would presume yeah. that there was some sort of... Is the word taxonomic? There's some sort of relationship between... Yeah, they possibly would have bred, 
but then they wouldn't have produced fertile offspring, so you wouldn't have a new species. So oh, I see. So they offspring. might, they could have, they you might, know. They might have bred. Oh, so right. like a donkey, a donkey and a horse produces a mule or a hinny, depending on which way around. So a donkey is a, a mule is a male donkey, female horse, and a hinny is the other way around. And what species are they? That's all species of horse, is it? So it's, no, horse and donkey are different species, but oh. once you have the hinny or the mule, that mule is sterile or that hinny is sterile. So although they can produce an offspring, the offspring they produce is not fertile. Oh, and, that's and do, do we know if birds can do that? Have we ever come across um, it? I don't know, but I'd imagine that they possibly have, but then no. But it wouldn't found. matter anyway, because there would be yeah, no... Yeah, because there would be no further offspring. So the definition of a species is, is, is procreation creating fertile offspring. Yes. So you can have an offspring, but that offspring's not fertile. So the liger you mentioned wouldn't be fertile this you're brilliant actually i mean I'd, I'd love to give you a ray Liotta, but i can't because you, you, <laughs> i mean being a biology teacher is not extraordinary it's brilliant and you're no. clearly very good at it but that that, that I, I can't remember a call from which i learned so much okay thank you oh, that's brilliant why did you give up biology teaching you must have been really i good was at diagnosed it. with uh, rheumatoid arthritis so i'm in a support role because i couldn't oh. do the planning and marketing in the evening so i was different they um fatigue fair much. enough no i understand i'm sorry to hear it but uh, i mean I, I can't remember the last time a round of applause was so well earned <laughs> thank you i'm bringing mules into it as well there was a mule in the news this week because it went to a dressage thing and there was uh, i didn't know mules couldn't break god well you live and learn and that children is why sparrows and starlings can't have babies colin is in gants hill colin question or answer oh question please carry on colin centigrade or celsius and fahrenheit yes Celsius, not degrees Celsius, is freezing point of water. Yes. That's 32 degrees Fahrenheit. What was it that made them pick not degrees Fahrenheit? Is there an event that occurs at that temperature? Is, is it not absolute zero? No, that's Kelvin. No, that's it? minus 273. I'll get you. Yeah. So, well, well, it'd be something that Fahrenheit did, wouldn't it, in his... Um, uh, that's right. In his experiment, and we want to know what. Exactly. So why did Far- why did Mr. Fahrenheit choose his ze- where did his zero come from? Correct. Because we know it's not freezing because that's Celsius. Yeah, all right, you're on. I like that. You you seem to already know quite a lot about these matters. How come you don't already know this? <laughs> no idea, James. I just happen to know how to do the conversion table, which I learned years ago. But as to why naught degrees Fahrenheit is where it is, I haven't the faintest idea. Fair enough. Um, well, we shall hopefully find out for you by one o'clock. Thank you very much, Colin. Twelve twenty-eight is the time. Why did Fahrenheit? What? What, what is zero degrees Fahrenheit? What? What is it? I mean, because we know that Celsius is freezing water. It's a lovely question. That flies and lights. Why are flies attracted to lights even when they're not on? Oxygen and spacesuits. How did they know that astronauts would need air tanks before anyone actually went to space? Going by the comic books and the fictional depictions. We've done the rails, we've done the birds. Birds was a brilliant answer. Bags under your eyes, what causes that? And when does a heat wave cease to be a heat wave because it's now just normal summer? I love that question. I hope it gets an answer. You're listening to Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. The number you need to join in, if you can answer any of those questions, is 0345 6060973. And... Um, that's also the number you need if you've got a question that you want to squeeze in before close of play today. You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. Mystery Hour is underway. A good one this week as well. That bird answer was beautiful. Never even knew that. I kind of said to you in the last hour, didn't I? Stuff that's right under our noses all the time that we don't understand. Um, well, we understand that now. 
and we will crack on. Eric is in Croydon. Eric, question or answer? It's question, James. Ta- question. Good and all. Carry on, Eric. Memory sticks, USB computers, or have you? I'm, bored, all, I'm bored already, Eric. Oh, don't, James. And you've got, the fa- you've got the radio on in the background as well. Oh, turn it down. Oh, mate. Go on, quickly. What? Yeah. Hello? It's all gone wrong, mate. We'll, we'll get you back in a minute. Don't worry. I promise we will, even though your question's really boring. David's in Crowthorn. David, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Um, the, the reason why um, uh, the Fahrenheit scale is 32 degrees, water freezes at 32 degrees, is the zero point of Fahrenheit is the freezing point of mercury. Is it? Yes. 100%? 100%. Qualifications? I was an ex-aircraft electrician in the Air Force. Oh. And we did that, and we did that during our training. Freezing point of mercury. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, well done, David. Round of applause. Absolutely bang on. We're, we're nailing, this, this is all grown-up stuff today. I'm learning loads. Miss Jack can sometimes be a little bit um, infantile. Cheryl is in... Uh, how do I pronounce that, Cheryl? Oldsford. What? Oldsford. It's, it's just the other side of Colchester. Uh, Cheryl is just the other side of Colchester. Question or answer, Cheryl? Uh, answer. Carry on. The answer to the bags under the ice? Yes. Um couple of different reasons. One can be because it's just a fluid um, build-up, so it can be due to um, feed intolerances, so things like wheat, which can cause puffiness. You can get it under the eyes. Fine lines. This phone line's gone funny as well, Chera. I don't know what's going on oh, on, the other, on the other side oh. of Colchester. <laughs> Go on. Sorry about that. So, I don't know, how far did I get? Um, so Puffiness? A of fluid, yes. Yeah, so, a build-up of fluid, which is the puffiness. Yes. And that can be due to sort of wheat intolerances, food intolerances. But also, if you put skincare, so your moisturiser or eye cream, if it's got a lot of oil uh, content in it, to, if you put it too far around the eye, so the, the closer you put it to the eyeball, the more likely you are to get a puffy reaction. So actually, it can be due to putting your cream too close to the eye. Oh, yeah. The eye, yeah, so the skin around the eye is five times thicker than the skin on the face. So you need less cream, but also it acts like a blotting paper. So it sort of draws up the product that it needs. So if you put it too close to the eye and it draws it up, it then draws it into the eye, which can cause the puffiness. And dark circles is something completely different. That'll do. Qualifications? Does that help? It does rather, um, really rather well. <laughs> so natural trichologist and skin specialist. Well, round of applause. Thank you very much. Okay, back to Croydon, where Eric has a really boring question. Hello, Eric. Question or answer? Very easy, Mum. I'm James. It's a question. Mom. All right, memory. come on. Uh, computers, memory stick, and, and normal computer memory. Why does it go up in four, eight, sixteens, twenty, and thirty twos, and and what have you? Why not just in fives and tens? And then when it gets to one gig, it's rounded up to one gig. Yes, you look on a computer, one gig the capacity and it showed 950 gig as opposed to well, sorry one terabyte love it why i don't know i find that it's not as boring as i thought Did it you was just say you love it yeah i do it's not as boring as oh, i thought it was only because you brought in the kilobytes and the terabytes that's what just yeah. elevated it to a new level this is a mega question yeah well let's not get carried away I said, no. I, I said, I like it. I love it. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> so it depends what the answer is. You, you only really get the full measure of a quality of a question when you've got the answer in. So why do they go up in four? So is it something to do with binary, would it be, or not? 
phone, James. I'm not looking. I'm, I'm not Googling. No, fair enough. Let's crack on. Nice one, Eric. Thank you. I apologise for my early rudeness. Phil's in Gibraltar. Phil, question or answer? It's an answer. It's a steward's inquiry, mate. Oh, shut um, the front door. I'm afraid so. It's the Fahrenheit question. Oh, no. the, reason it, the reason it's zero is because it's the lowest, it's the lowest temperature he could produce in his lab. So it's got it nothing to do with mercury? Nothing to do with mercury, I'm afraid. It's to do with... I thought, um, he sound, I thought he sounded a bit shaky when I questioned him. No, no, it was a mixture of ice. It was like a slushy mixture of ice, water and salt, basically. He, he was trying to produce the lowest lab temperature he could to find a zero point. And then that's why Kelvin had to then come up with a new temperature system to reach absolute zero. So nothing at all to do with, with mercury? He must have just misremembered. He was a nice fella. Well, you know, I, I can't speak for him, but... No? Well, you get a round of applause, then. Thank you. One day I'll get that radio, so if you ever get a question about property. Have a good day. Well, I don't think you'll get one for property. You've already had... I've seen on your Twitter profile that you boast about me describing you as a brilliant caller. Some people are never satisfied. Well, you know... You've you got to reach for the stars, mate. Reach for the stars. Reach for the stars, he says. It's absolutely that, Richard. You're never going to get a Ray Liotta for being involved in the property development world. You get a Ray Liotta for, for being the story or for being the, you know, we'd have a question about irons and you invented irons or, or, or something like that. That's a bad example. But you take my point. Jeff's in Ealing. Jeff, question or answer? Answer, I hope. Carry on, Jeff. So the answer referenced oxygen and spacesuits. Oh, yeah. Go on. I don't think it's got anything to do with them needing to know whether they needed oxygen. No. I think it's to do with knowing that uh, in space the pressure would be vastly different and as a human we would need a pressurised suit that therefore must be airtight which would therefore need oxygen to use it. Ah, so the, but how would they know that the, 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 the atmosphere outside Earth was... Well, Boyle's law, so, so Robert Boyle, yeah. that was 17th century, 16-something, studied in Oxford, uh, which is where I'm originally from, and um, so he, he discovered, Boyle's law obviously is all about gases under pressure, um, and through industrialisation and, and building things like um, the Brooklyn Bridge, engineers discovered something that they called caissons disease, which is actually the bend. So when people were working under rivers, digging... Uh, digging foundations for bridges, mm. when they came up too quickly, they felt sick. Ah, and they so realised realized that, that going was why. Down, by, exactly. So by going back down, they realised it relieved, relieved the pressure. So they realised it was to do with it was to do with the gases in your bloodstream um, based on the pressure that you're under. So it would make sense, therefore, that, that the pressure, the atmosphere above your head has weight. I can't remember who figured that bit out, but the air, the air does have weight, 14.7 pounds per square inch. This is strong. Qualifications? Um, I'm an advanced scuba diver. I told you um, it was going to be I'm... to do with scuba diving, didn't I? I yeah, yeah. Well, so you have to learn all about, a little bit about Boyle's Law when you're, when, you're, when you're doing that. So, you know, pressures and densities of air and stuff like that. So you learn that, that the pressure, as the pressure reduces by half, the density increases by two. So it's inversely proportionate. So you learn all that stuff, and I'm currently teaching my ten-year-old because she's just about to do her uh, her course. So I've, I've it's all there. It's fresh day, actually, there's a, there's a really good book. There's a guy called Tim Ecott wrote a book called Neutral Buoyancy. Oh yeah, uh, about um, about, and I read that, and that's where I sort of learned a lot about where it originated from and the the, the construction and what have you. And uh, Robert Boyle's assistant was a guy called Edmund Hawley, sometimes called Haley who was an astronomer, and he discovered Halley's Comet, so there's actually a connection.
Fantastic work. Round of applause for Jeff. Double down. Pure quality, mate. Your daughter's lucky to have, her, have your guidance in her life. 12.41 is the time. Dan's in Bristol. Dan, question or answer? Got a question for you. Yes. Um, I live in Bristol and I work as a salesman on the road. And as such, I'm often going across the Severn Bridge into South Wales. And it occurred to me the other day that when heading westbound into Wales, once you get to the Welsh side... It is only then that you see the sign that says, Welcome to Wales. Similarly, heading eastbound, when you get to the English side, it is only then that you see the sign saying, Welcome to England. So my question is, when I'm on the bridge, what country am I in? This is like that crime drama, The Bridge. (laughs) Didn't they find a body smack in the middle of the bridge? So the jurisdictions were both the countries on, is it Sweden and Norway or something like that? I haven't watched it. Mrs O'Brien doesn't like the gory stuff. Well, what was the outcome? I can't remember. I said I haven't watched it. I'm just mentioning it for no particular reason. I see, I see. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, if you slap slap bang in the middle... If if you put a corpse on the line... Because there'll be a line somewhere on the bridge, won't there? And on one side you're in Wales and on the other side you're in England. So you could theoretically have one foot on both sides. Like Ryan Giggs. That's how it works. I mean, no no matter what happens, (laughs) you're in Britain. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. No, I I, I mean, what's the mystery? You just want to know exactly where on the bridge it is. Yeah, I mean, if I'm talking to someone on the phone and they say, where are you? I say, well, technically, I'm in neither England nor Wales. I remember my mum and dad pretending that we needed passports to to go over that bridge and pretending that we'd left them at home, so we were going to have to drive all the way back to Kidderminster when we were on the way to Aberdovey at the seaside. I shall put that on the board. I mean, it works. Where else would it work? Would would it work? I mean, you know where the Scottish border is, don't you? There's no bridge. No. I think that's the only place in the UK where it works, really. Right, we'll find out. Well, we'll at least ask. How long have we got? Yeah, 17 minutes. I'd put some money on us getting an answer to that. Nice one, Dan. Thank you. Um, Faye's in Chiswick. Faye, question or answer? Question, James. Carry on, Faye. Um, I was wondering the other day about our pound notes and uh, with the Queen's head on it. So, on her demise, hopefully not soon, Yes. what will happen... To all the notes, will they change immediately or will they still be legal tender? They'll still be legal tender. They, they, they get recycled quite quicker than you'd think, actually. I, I don't know what it is with the with the new plasticky ones. Presumably their shelf life is a little longer, but you just all the new stuff would have the new monarch on it and the old stuff would stay, would stay in circulation. I think the only reason this is a mystery is because she's been on the throne so long, none of us can remember exactly. what, happened, what happened when her father passed. Well, you and I weren't for life then. No, exactly. And and I don't know for sure, so I'm not going to be able to give myself a round of applause for this. I can't imagine there's any other explanation because the logistical requirements of taking everything with the Queen's head on it out of circulation just doesn't even merit it contemplation, does it? It would be far too uh, huge. I mean, we did have the old coins that were legal tender when we were younger in the 60s. Ah, so you do remember that. Yeah, unfortunately, well, that, I remember that. No, don't be silly. I mean, that's but you've answered your own question because my granddad was a was a security guard in a bank um, uh, after he retired as a as a policeman, and he used to bring my sister and I presents of of um, you know like memorial coins when they when mint a special coin to commemorate a special occasion. But he also oh, yeah. once gave me a bag of coins that that had is it would it be George 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 the George the what I always get George the sixth yeah. Because I remember the threepenny bits. 
But when we went decimal, they went out of circulation. So post-decimalization, we wouldn't have seen anything with George VI on. But pre-decimalization, I suspect some of the coins were still in circulation, perhaps. Mm, Which is why well, you saw them in the sixties. I was a bit young. You so were, but I, I just spent them. Do you want to share a round of applause? Okay. Or do you want to hang on for an expert? Um, time's running out, so I might as well get some applause. Let's share the round of applause, Faye, on that one. I think we've worked it out between us. There's still room for an expert, but Faye deserved that. You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. I don't. I wasn't claiming to remember pre-decimal currency. I was telling you my granddad gave me a bag of coins once to play with, and it, it, they, they had George VI coins in it. So I suspect that they only went finally out of circulation after decimalisation. But I don't know. The, the, the point is that when the Queen passes away, uh, but the, the banknotes with her head on will still be legal tender. Me and Faye work that out ourselves. Kate's in Harpenden. Kate, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Carry on, on Kate. the computer memory. Ah, yes. Um, so basically, it's, it, computers address memory and everything else with binary numbers, which is one and zero. Binary. So, I said binary. Sorry, I'm yeah, being so a bit. Yeah, so it's, it's multiple to two. Yes. So you could you could actually just use a seven kilobyte chip, but actually that it would still take eight kilobytes because it needs the two numbers to express it. So it wouldn't take any less space to have seven kilobytes. And the reason why they go up in fours? Well, it's just multiples of two. But they could go um, up in twos. Yeah, but then increasingly, because as we get more and more access to power, it doesn't make sense to go up in multiples of twos when you can take bigger steps. So eventually there'll probably be bigger gaps than four. Exactly. And interestingly, we now have quantum computers online um, that you can actually play with qubits yourself um, on the uh, online at the moment. And the first quantum computer that went online was a five qubit computer because they are not restricted by binary because actually a qubit, a quantum bit, um, can be a one, a zero, or neither, or both at the same time, because that's quantum physics. <laughs> I like your little chuckle at the end. I'm nodding. If, if, if we were face-to-face, I'm nodding as, <laughs> as if I understand what you're talking about. You might as well have been talking Chinese, Kate. You could I know. Been... I met, but I met a quantum physicist once, and he, he actually said anyone who says they understand quantum physics doesn't. Yeah, so I it's agree just with that. one of those mysteries. <laughs> what, what are your qualifications? I'm a BBC technology reporter. I have been since <laughs> 1995. So, uh, yeah. you, you're getting into trouble now, aren't you? You're nah, that'd be fine. That'd sharing be fine. the fruits of your learning. A BBC technology <laughs> reporter nailing mystery out. Kate, well, nice. listen, licence fee payers are listening to this show, so in theory, they've already paid for my uh, time. See, look so. at that. Covering all the bases. Nicely done. Round of applause for Kate. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kate. 12.50 is the time. Steve is in Southgate. Steve, question or answer? Uh, answer. Carry on, Steve. Um, my great-great-grandfather built the Victoria Falls Bridge, um, and I was the first person to bungee jump off of it. Um, and on both sides, um, they had to get permission from both countries because uh, there, there isn't a, there's no man's land, uh, which yeah. is what people call it, but that is where the countries join. So there, there is a join. So you don't really know the answer to the question about the Severn Bridge. But you wanted to you wanted to bring it to a wider audience that you have a, 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 a glittering family history and you bungee jumped off a massive bridge. I bungee jumped over seven. I bungee. Uh, so no, you're not. You're not even arguing with me. You're just yes. I am really here just to boast about my bungee jumping exploits, James. No. I don't. I don't really know where Wales ends and England begins. No, you've got to look at your insurance and everything else. 
If you're crossing countries, you... But it's different, though. I mean, it's a border, but it's not a border, if you see what I mean. It's, 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 it's a border between... within a nation, or a border within a country between two nations. So It is, but it, if you look at a, at a graph, you'll see it. You'll see what? You'll see the red line across. You know, if, you, if you look at a graph or something like that, you'll see it there. Oh, would you? On the, oh, uh, on the map? Yeah. Really? In the middle of the... Where won't it be the river? Wouldn't the river be the border? Middle of the river. Middle, um, well, I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to give you a round of applause. I'll give you a round of applause for being an excellent bungee jumper. How about that? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair enough. I've never fancied bungee jumping. I've got to be honest. I was quite a daredevil as a kid. But bungee jumping never really tickled my fancy. Uh, Shahid's in Camberwell. Shahid, question or answer? What is going? What is happening to the phones today, Shay? Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? That's even worse, mate. Well done. That doesn't happen very often. Got it. Now it's gone absolutely nuclear. No. All right. Well, brilliant. That's even worse. I'm back. That's I'm back now. Sorry about that. Good afternoon, too. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, Question or answer? Big, big fan of the show. I love, love your work. Excellent. Uh, and also the Unfiltered podcast as well. Really great. Thank love you. Tuning it's in for very that. kind of Jamie, you. The, the, the uh, Jamie Oliver one was great. It's, it's, a, it's, a, a, B it's a different boss, mate. So it's a little yeah. bit embarrassing <laughs> when you come on here and start praising that. Because that's a different okay. boss. I don't, well, a, a, my, question, carry on. my question to you today, James, yeah. is... Uh, well, I'm hoping no one's, uh, no one's uh, answered it. Uh, it's where does the phrase, the world is your oyster, originate from? That's nice. I mean, do you, you want the good news or the bad there? news? That's right. Well, it's hard to just... Well, good news is it's a good question. It's a great question. Bad news is it's 12.54. And, and, you know, I've, I've made a New Year's resolution to stop crashing into Sheila Fogarty's programme, so I don't know if we're going to have time to answer that. Oh, no, don't say that. No, well, I'll put it up now. I mean, I think we've answered everything else, haven't we? Except the Seven Bridge one and the Heat Wave one. So, I mean, I'll see what I can do, Shahid, all right? All right, well, you can do some digging out of the phone line's gone shocking again, mate. We've got to sort this out, honestly. 12.54 is the time. When does a heat wave cease to be a heat wave? At what point does it become the average? I really, really, really want an answer to that. And if you call now, you will get through, okay? 0345 6060973. Why do flies get attracted to lights when they're not on these are i want to go full today i want to clear the board oh three four five we've got five minutes come on we can do this oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is there a formal point on the seven bridge where england ends and wales begins or indeed when wales begins and england ends done the bank notes and what is the origin of the phrase the world is my oyster uh, Rich is in Forest Hill. If, if you know the answer to any of those, you will get through if you ring now, because there's very few others waiting for answers. Rich, question or answer? Answer. Oh, go on. Uh, so, actually, coming back on the computer memory. So this um, is Stuart's inquiry, but Kate was a BBC technology reporter. You're not allowed to question her. It's heresy. <laughs> um, well, it, she was very close with the discussion about the use of binary and then interesting bits that she threw on um, quantum computing. But yes. Um, it's close to the use of binary. It's actually the definition of memory is, is defined around what's called a byte. Yes. Um, and a byte is eight bits of memory. So each one of those takes a positive minus state. But um, the point is that you then stack these bytes together. And so a kilobyte is a thousand bytes. Um, if you start counting up in eights, uh, the general multiplication is 64, 1 to 8, 256, 512, and then you go, get it to a thousand. The thousands is actually 1,024, but it's generally rounded down and called a kilobyte. So it's, as you keep stacking these on, a terabyte isn't actually 1,000 um, gigabytes. 
it's 1,024 gigabytes, which, and a gigabyte is 1,024 kilobyte, uh, megabytes. And so there's this um, slight divergence, but it's so small that no one really cares about it. Love it. Qualifications? Um, I've got a PhD in computing or computer modelling. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Round of no, applause. not specifically computing. No, beautifully done, right? Nice one. Has your PhD ever come in that useful before? Um, well, actually, it's the basis of my job now. <laughs> I was kind of setting up a gag. You didn't have to answer it quite so literally. <laughs> Okay. Right. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you, mate. You're a star. Eric is in New Malden. Eric, question or answer? Answer. Carry on, Eric. Uh, the World is Your Oyster is from The Merry Wives of Windsor by Shakespeare. It is. And, and that, I mean, the problem with a lot of Shakespeare's coinages is you don't know whether he invented it or whether he was just the first to write it down. Or, third option, whether or he wasn't even the first to write it down, but he's the only one who survived. Right. I studied etymology at Penn State. Uh, university and this came up and uh, the theory was is that he invented it because pistol is going to use violent means to gain his fortune so the violence is the opening up of the oyster and the fortune is the uh, pearl i mean the line went a bit funny there but and and it's not it's not one of the plays i know well but that the that's beautiful all right so guess what i'm doing tonight eric what's that i'm going to see ian mckellen's king lear Oh, enjoy. I shall. I am so excited. I'm so excited. In fact, I, I'm probably more excited than I've been about anything in a very, very long time. Uh, I mean, in terms of theatricals. I, I, I don't want anyone getting the wrong idea. Kirsty's in Basildon. Kirsty, question or answer? Answer. Carry on, Kirsty. The fly question, I only looked this up the other day because it was driving me crazy. Oh, yeah. They're, they're attracted to the lights when they're on yeah. because they think it's the moon. Right. And they're attracted to the lights when it's off because they go to usually like a big light that you've got like hanging in the middle of the front room and circulate around it. Yeah. Because they're looking for a mate, and what? they use the they use the light as an attraction to say like, "Hey, look what I found." Honestly, that I looked it up the other day. D- what? So. What do you mean? They're looking for a mate. So what? Yeah. So it's like some. So it's like a landmark. It's like meet me by the clock. Honestly, they do it. Usually, if you see that they're hovering around a light, the reason that they'll do it, one, they don't just hover, they fly around in circles to save energy. Right. And secondly, I really looked into this. And secondly, they do it because they usually use a quite big light so that they can say, hey, look at this object that I found. Look how attractive I am. Come and mate with me. I'm going to give you a round of applause because arguing with you would be too, would be, would, wouldn't be, be right. It would be too much, wouldn't it? It certainly would, yeah. Round of applause for Thanks. Thank you. Um, we're at, we've got to squeeze in one more. Eleanor's in Burton on Trent. Question or answer, Eleanor? Answer. Carry on, quick. Heat wave. Yes. It's when the temperature is average is more than five degrees above the average for that day for more than five days. Boom. So when the average moves. And, and over what period is the average measured? You don't need to it's, know this. It's either 100 years or, or all the time it was records began that kind of thing uh, yeah got you so so it would take quite a while for a heat wave to cease to be a heat wave because the average is is um uh, going to be harder to shift round of applause for Eleanor. that's it from me for another day we'll do it all again tomorrow from 10 i am going to go and watch ian mckellen in king lear tonight <laughs> here's sheila fogarty if you enjoyed this podcast hear james o'brien live every weekday morning from 10 only on lbc